This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. Well, and this is um, a budgie. This is one of Neville's birds today. Neville's got a name. Spiro. Spiro. This is Spiro, everybody. Spiro the budgie. Why did you call it Spiro, Neville? He's Greek. He's Greek. Here you go. <laughs> The bird is Greek, that's why we called it Spiro. <laughs> Spiro here, and just like Cocky on the screen, um, these birds are caged. And because they're caged, they, are, they are, can't fly. And although they can do some of the things they're created for, like eat and whistle and drink and poo and make nice sounds, um, they can't produce, they can't do all the things that they were designed for. You know, birds have a much greater purpose than just sitting in cages. I've got some things that birds do. Birds help us with weeds. Birds continually eat weeds, which keeps weeds down for us. They help maintain the rodent population. Birds catch rodents and get rid of them for us. They keep insect populations under control because birds regularly eat insects. They, they pollinate flowers for us. And when they eat flowers and when they eat seeds... Well, they eat fruit and seeds, it goes into their tummy, they fly, then they poop, and that little seed gets from there to a new place. It helps the spreading of um, fruits and trees. They bless us with their singing, and they gave us the inspiration to fly. Birds are great. In a cage, they can, fill, they can fulfill a small part of their purpose, but once they're let out of their cage, they can be all that God wanted them to be. This morning isn't a rant about freeing cage birds, it's not that, um, but what it is, it's an illustration because it so beautifully presents to us who we are and why we exist as a church. You know, just like birds that are stuck in cages, we all get stuck in life. We get stuck in habits, we get stuck in sin, we get stuck in um, addiction, we get stuck in pride and self we get stuck in sickness. We get stuck in situations that we feel like are outside of our control. We can feel like we're caged. And it's in those caged moments, although we can do some of the things that God wants us to, we can be in relationship with others, we can, we can eat and we can populate the earth, but we are not fulfilling all that God has for us. And that only comes as we come to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who sets us free. He's the one that sets us free from our sin and gives us a relationship with God. He's the one who is our healer that heals our bodies. He's the one who sets the oppressed free, those who feel like they are drowned, trodden and trapped. Jesus comes to set us free. And when we're free, well, then God opens up these opportunities for us to love him and love others, to become more and more like Christ and fulfill the purpose that God has for our lives, to live in freedom and to fulfill the purpose that he has for us all through Jesus. Now this bird, this bird here is caged. It can't fulfill its purpose. But what if we open the cage? What if Spiro, up he comes, is he going to bite me? Up he comes Spiro, grab onto my finger. Neville, can you help me here, brother? Can you get, what if Spiro got free. 
There you go, buddy. There we go. What if Spiro got free and started to fly? And it's more likely, we hope he doesn't keep the doors closed, keep the fans off, all those sorts of things. <laughs> Otherwise, we might have minced. minced. I wonder where he's going to land. <laughs> and they've said, I wonder who he's going to poop on. So, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Don't work with children and animals, that's right. Here comes the door, close it quick, close the door. Who's on the door? Close the door, close the door. Quickly close the door. Thank you. Go on your cap. It's as a bird gets free, it can then begin to feel its purpose. What I want to do this morning is uh, take you to, why, um, to, to, to present with you why we exist as a church. I know he's a distraction. There we go, he stopped. Why we exist as a church. And back in 2009, I was, I, I was seeking the Lord and sat down with the leaders of the church and said, who are we? Where are we going? And I sense the Lord lead me to this scripture in Luke chapter 4. The scripture from Luke chapter 4 is Jesus reading from Isaiah the prophet. We see that in Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes to the synagogue, as was his normal custom on the day they met. And it was his turn to read. And he opens up Isaiah 61. In preparation for this message, I... I went back to the end of Isaiah. I'm actually reading Isaiah in my quiet times, and Isaiah's got like 60 books. I'm not up to the end yet. I'm up to like chapter 16 or something. But I flipped to the end, and what we see at the end of Isaiah, the people are about to go into captivity, and God speaks to them and says, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to do something great. And he talks about what he's going to do for the next generation of people after the seven years, but he's also talking about something greater. He's talking about Jesus coming and what Christ is going to do by him coming. And not just what, what are this, uh, new land, this uh, new thing God's going to do for his people, but he's also talking about eternity. Isaiah 60 through to the end. It's an incredible read. I encourage you to read it. But here in Isaiah 61, Jesus reads a passage which the people knew was about the Messiah that they knew it was about the Messiah. And Jesus reads this passage, and that was okay and normal. But then he says straight after this, this scripture is now fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm the one that this scripture is pointing to. It is remarkable. This is what it says. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he says, this scripture is fulfilled in his hearing. He then sits down and the people get angry and they, and, and, and they try to stone him because of what he said. In this scripture, we see very clearly Jesus' mission. Why is Jesus here? He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. I have been anointed. I have been given a specific task. The Spirit is equipping me to do that task. And then he tells us what it is. And the first thing he says, he's come to preach good news to the poor. The good news is the message of the kingdom. And the word poor means those who are um, broken, those who are reduced to a person of low condition, a person who is reduced to beggary, indignant. They are poor. They're people who know they're struggling. And when you see Jesus throughout his life, he continues to work with people who know they have an issue. 
He talks to the religious leaders and a lot of them aren't interested. Some are. But the ones Jesus really worked with are those that recognized that they needed him. That's what it means to be poor, knowing that you need him. And I reckon that if you're here this morning, you reckon you, you have a need for something. And here, Jesus has come to preach to you the message of the kingdom, to each one of us who recognize we have a problem. The second thing we see here is that Jesus says that he has come to proclaim freedom or release for the prisoners or those who are captive. Now, whenever you get the word freedom and prisoners in the New Testament, other than here, it always points to freedom from sin, release from sin. That's what those, those are Greek words when they're used in the New Testament. It's always relating to sin. So I reckon we can make it relate here. And that Jesus has come to set people free from sin, to release them from sin. The next thing we see is that Jesus has come for recovery of sight to the blind. Now, Jesus has definitely brought recovery to spiritual blindness. But in this context, whenever you see the, the recovery of sight in the word blind, those Greek words in the New Testament, it's always talking about physical healings. Yes, he releases people from spiritual healing, um, spiritual blindness. But here I believe Jesus is speaking directly to him to his miraculous healing work that we see throughout the New Testament, which you believe he still does today. Then it says, he's come to release the oppressed. Those who are oppressed have been those who have been hurled down. They've been shattered. They've been crushed, broken into pieces by another party. That's what the meaning of these words are. These people that are oppressed are being crushed that have been hurled down, that have been broken by someone, by something outside their control. That could be a demonic thing, or that could be another person or a situation where those people are stuck and are oppressed. And Jesus says that he's come to set those people free. And the last thing he says here in this passage is he's come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And that's referring to the year of Jubilee. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, every 50 years, it was the year of Jubilee, where they set the captives free. All the, all the slaves were released. The land was returned to the rightful owners. It was a time of celebration. It was a time to remember that God is the God of freedom. And that is what Jesus is declaring. We're walking into this season where the captives can be set free. Not only do we see here that Jesus set all these people free, we see very clearly Jesus' purpose. That Jesus' purpose has to come. He's come to set people free and, and he wants people to live out their purpose. And so we end up with this phrase, the church. To see people live in the freedom and the purpose that Jesus offers. And we broke it down this year to simply say, live in freedom, live with purpose. Friends, that is why we exist as a church. To see people free and to see people fulfill their purpose. Based out of the scripture from Luke chapter 4. You know, some churches have these vision statements that, that are go on the wall, but, 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 but don't mean much. But for us, we take this really seriously and we pursue it. And I've asked a few people to share. If you're going to share a testimony, come on down now, please. Come down this side of the stage. I've, I've, I've already pre-asked you, so don't feel like you have to stand up. No, you've already been asked. Michelle, can you help with the microphones? I've asked these nine people to share briefly, 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 um, a testimony of them living in freedom or them living in their purpose. Go for it. Okay, I've been involved with the um, ministry on Wednesday nights to people from the community and I've been involved, well at this stage I've been involved, oh, 30 seconds, for eight years 
And I, um, I will admit that I was sitting before the Lord and I was wailing and I was crying about how I felt that there was no movement in these people. And um, I said, you know, you have to change this. You have to change this. This is, this is just not good enough. And I heard him say to me, so you really want to change? And I'm like, well, yes, yes, I'm really wanting a change. And he goes, okay. And then he took me to Isaiah 58. And this is not set up, Nathan. This is not set up. Is not this the kind of fasting and I've chosen and I've gone, oh, no. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke and set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him? And it goes on and if you're interested and you haven't read it before, it's a really good passage. And I'm like, how long? And he goes, till they're set free. And I'm like, fabulous. (laughs) It's ongoing. (laughs) Yeah, purpose. So much you could share. Um, I've been feeling, since my, for those who don't know, my husband passed away from cancer about two and a half years ago. And um, in the last year, especially, I was starting to feel a lot of pressure to, I kept having this thing, oh, I need to reinvent myself. Like, who am I going to be when I'm not Craig's wife? And my kids are all grown up, so I'm not, you know, Josh, I'm still Christy's mum, but, you know. Um, yeah. And I kept having this, feeling this pressure that I needed to reinvent myself. And in that process, I felt like God saying, you don't need to reinvent yourself. I made you. And your purpose, and I'm like, you know, because I wanted a new purpose, I guess. What a, what's my next thing, Lord? And I felt like God said, no, your purpose is to be my daughter. I made you. And you can be free from expectations. So by, he, he just reminded me that my identity is his daughter. And in that identity, I'm free from expectations and the need to perform. But I also find my purpose in that because my number one purpose is to know him as his daughter and to love him and then everything else will come out of that. All right. You'll see that I'm wearing a T-shirt for a very good reason. My father was such a poor example of what a father should be that I was actually afraid to be a father because... I was afraid that I would be like him with my children. In my early, very early 30s, I found, actually found I had another father. And every time I read his word, he tells me he loves me. And he shows me, he showed me how to be a good father. And by grace, my fear relieved. And then I found he had a sense of humour and gave us twins. <laughs> Yeah, good morning. I'm Colin. Um, my, thank you. My story goes back 30-plus years, I was surprised to find out, that I became a Christian 35 years ago, and the man who led me to the Lord said, you should say a prayer to the Lord and ask him to do something in your life that will reinforce what you've just undertaken. My problem back then was that I was a compulsive gambler and really, really destroying a marriage and family. So I prayed that night, and the next day I got up and, believe me, it was gone. And that was amazing. For the next 25-plus years, I lived the life of a, a person who no longer gambled, but 
struggled with the fact that I couldn't go near clubs, I couldn't go past gambling shops, etc. And then this man, Nathan, came along and talked to me about Christ's freedom. And I went, you don't get it. I don't gamble anymore. I don't have a problem. And so he prayed with me, and I can tell you that my life's changed. Gambling is nothing now. It really is nothing, and I have freedom. Thank you. Hi, my name's Annette. Um, last year I attended LifeGate School of Leadership course. Um, I thought I'd go in and read a bunch of books and come away with a lot more knowledge um, and leadership tools that I could apply, not only in my role as service leader, but also as a wife and a mum. But what actually happened was that Jesus showed me an area of my life where I had allowed some negative thinking to um, take hold. Many of the topics that we read about um, during the year talked about passion and purpose, and these were two areas that I constantly struggled with. I believe the reason I felt this way all started because of a bad event that happened to me before I started high school. Um, I didn't talk about this and I didn't deal with it very um, healthily. So um, by the time I left school, my thoughts were all a mess and um, I developed a really unhealthy mindset about my self-worth and that then became subconsciously ingrained in me. So when the topic came up during the year um, of is the past holding your life hostage, um, it was like God was shining a light on this area of my life. So Jesus helped me to confront this issue and I confessed that I had believed a lie instead of the truth of what he said about me. That very same day that I was set free from all this, he revealed to me that my passion um, for creating purposeful environments, yeah, he revealed my passion for creating purposeful environments. So life is very different now because I have a lot more peace about my purpose and also because I'm choosing to believe what God says about me and so that has set me free. Hey, my name is Christy, um, and I, I totally agree with Nathan um, in that this is not just a slogan that we put up on the screen for fun, but it's something that we live out as a church, as you can see in all these guys. But I totally found my purpose when I came to LifeGate. So I started coming here about three and a half years ago. I was a 17, 18-year-old um, who just finished school and didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And I started studying social work at uni, but wasn't really sure what that meant or why I was doing it. And then later that first year of uni, um, I got the opportunity to become youth pastor here at church. And I was totally unqualified, had a lot of excitement, but not many skills. Um, And Nathan kind of took me under his wing and has taught me so much over the last couple of years. But um, what it really has done is showed me that I fit into God's plan. I fit into what he is doing in all of our lives here at church. And he's given me a purpose to really share his um, freedom, share his purpose with the young people in in our community. Um, and that's pretty cool for me, but it's given me an excitement for the future to, to lead the next generation of leaders as well. And um, just couldn't be more thankful that we serve a God that wants us to live in freedom and purpose and doesn't want us to be held back. It's pretty cool. I mean, I could speak a sermon on both freedom and purpose and how I've seen that happen in my life, but um, I'd like to talk to you about purpose. Oh, my name's Jess, if, you, if I haven't met you. Um, for the last two years, I was working full-time uh, in an office. I thought that was what success meant to me, to find an office job sitting at a desk, working Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. But I hated it. 
I really despised it. I didn't enjoy it. I was living a life to make money for a company and I was living for the weekend and I was coming here to church on a Sunday and loving what I get to, how I get to surf here and being around this community. But I wanted it kind of flipped. I wanted to do this from Monday to Friday and kind of just work on a weekend. I just, I really hated it. And last year I went through this really kind of quite like a depression of like, what am I doing with my life? Um, I'm 23, I know I'm still young, but I was kind of going, why am I here? Why am I on this earth? And a few months ago, uh, Lana Vosa came to speak with us and she shared a prophetic word for me. uh, And basically she said, you have an incredible destiny on your life and you're in a season of preparation and um, this is it. She saw me lead worship them when she said, this is it. Little did she know that I'd just recently started thinking about applying for Hillsong College. And this week, I started at Hillsong College, and I am studying worship. And it happened, the the, the moment that I really decided that was I was lying in bed after a terrible, terrible day at work. I don't remember what happened, but I just remember it was one of the worst days I'd had. And I was crying and bawling my eyes out, and I said, God, I, I can't do this anymore. Why? What am I doing? And it was like, okay, 2020 blank page, clean slate. I could do anything I wanted. I'm not tied down to anyone, anything. I could, I could, what, what do I want to do? And it was, you will go to Hillsong and you will study worship. And I was just like, okay. So I'm living out that purpose and I'm so excited to see what God has. There's more to this story. So. Hello, my name is Mark. Um, before Jesus, um, I grew up in a Christian home, knew all about Jesus, knew about God. Um, And in the movement that I grew up in, I was able to witness some most amazing um, men and women that followed Jesus wholeheartedly. That should have encouraged me, but it discouraged me because I only saw the external stuff. I didn't see the internal journey. And so I thought to myself, there is no way that I'm going to follow Jesus because I don't want to go where I think he's going to send me. And so that's how I lived my life through my teenage years until 21, um, some really, really bad, poor decisions. My life pretty much ended in a hospital um, where I was in rehab for quite a few few months um, from a car accident. And in there, the Lord just spoke to me about who he is and that he didn't actually um, want bad things for my life, but he wanted to do some marvellous things. So I gave my life... Um, to Jesus in a, in a hospital bed in Brisbane. After that, I've realised that if you really want to find your freedom, your purpose, and the things that actually Jesus has actually built you for, follow him because that's where fulfilment is. And so after Jesus, I have led an most amazing, fulfilled life. Still challenging, but very fulfilling. Morning everyone, my name's Kath, if I haven't met you. I'm the kids pastor here at LifeGate and we started attending LifeGate about nine years ago and I remember standing in the back corner there and I used to lift my hands in worship but my fist was always closed and I remember one time God said, will you open your hands? And I realised in that moment I was scared of what it would cost um, to surrender everything. Um, We had a little baby and... For some reason, I had this, like, he's going to take her. Um, But I remember that one day, I can't remember who was leading worship or who was... I just remember this moment where I 
like went okay and I was so scared but I opened my hands and it was the beginning of an amazing journey for me. I was at that point medicated and seeing a psychologist for anxiety and depression and through my children, Acacia, and there was this new freedom from anxiety. And with every child that God has given me, he's given us three children, I have found a new freedom from anxiety as I see life through their eyes and just seeing life through a kid's eyes and their faith and their wonder um, for me has brought such freedom um, from anxiety and depression and and Jesus, like, if I hadn't opened my hands and just trusted, though I was so scared, um, it was the best thing I ever did. Wow. Well, I, I uh, said this is going to be the best bit of the service. I think that was brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you so much, you guys, for sharing. Neville, you now have the task of catching the bird, brother. You can, Spiros belongs to you. I'll give them to you. Thanks. Oh, wow. Incredible stories of um, people living in freedom and fulfilling the purpose Jesus has for their lives. So today, as you're distracted by Neville, um, and that, no, no, Nev, do what, do what you need to do to get that bird down. Do we need a ladder? Turn the fans on? <laughs> Gun. Is that who? Is that you? Um, um, today I invite you, I invite you to come on the journey with us of this freedom and purpose in Christ. I invite you today to come on the journey. Um, what we're going to do, I'm going to share a story, then we're going to sing a song, we're going to pray, and then I'm going to have part two. Part two of the message is going to be around what we're going to do this year. So at the song, we're not finished yet, we will finish on time, 20 past 10, I promise, we always try and finish on that time. But what, what I want to do here, let's just watch. Oh, there you go. So we were going to um, try and catch this bird. Well, Nikki, Nikki, I was talking to Nikki. Hey, Nikki, how are we going to catch this thing? And we talked about it. I was like, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. And then I said, let's just get the owner, Neville, to um, get it. And hopefully it works because we've got half an hour before you've got to go. So see how it goes. Five laps. Five laps. <laughs> that was get the sound desk to play an eagle sound. And that will uh, make it go down quickly. Have you got the food now? You got that food thing? You got it sorted. All right. I, I, I want to tell you another story about a bird. And, and, and I'm telling this story because I think it relates to us. If someone, if it lands on you, just feel to um, gently attack it, grab it. Um, I was one day fishing, as I do at Lake, at, up at Lake Macquarie, and... I was using a lure, so you throw the line out, it lands, and you, and you retrieve, and you throw it out again. And as I threw it out, there's this seagull came past, and, it, and, I, and, I, and I hooked the fishing line on the seagull. He went down onto the water, and rather than standing still so the, the um, line doesn't get wrapped around him, he flapped his wings and flapped his wings, and he got all tangled up in the fishing line. Now, if I cut the line, the bird would have died. So what I tried to do is bring... I put my rod down and I brought the bird across the surface all the way to me. And then as the bird was in front of me, I, I then tried to untangle this bird, but this bird 
wanted nothing to do with that. He was trying to chop me on the hands. He was trying to get in my way. So I was tr- didn't have gloves, had no rag. I just made it work. I just tried to undo this bird as it tried to not get free. But I had something, I had freedom for it. But it, for the thought, my freedom was fearful. It was afraid, a bit like Kath, what she shared. It, it was afraid of what I was going to do to that. And I, and I think sometimes um, when we talk about freedom and we talk about purpose, we, we can be like that bird. We know we're stuck in certain areas. We know we're not stepping out. We feel like we're wrapped up in the line like the seagull was. But, but we're afraid of what it will mean for us if we do get untangled. If I do say yes to God... If I do get released from this, which, I've been, which has been a, cru- a crutch for me, something that I've been dependent upon, if I say, yes, God, set me free, yes, God, I'm in, what does, that mean for, what does that mean for me? There can be a big fear around that. But let me tell you, and you've just heard it from all these testimonies, that when you say yes to God, man, sometimes it is scary. God takes your places and gets you to do things. You're wow. But let me tell you that he loves you. He cares for you. He holds you. He walks with you. And he gives you opportunities to do things that you would never even have thought of. And you make a difference. You know, people, most people want to make a difference. When you say yes to God and you feel his purpose and his plan, you make a huge difference, not just in this life, but for the next life, the eternal life. So this morning, I ask you to come on the journey with us, to say, yep, yeah, I'm in for this. I'm going to be deliberate about living in freedom. I'm going to be deliberate about fulfilling my purpose. I'm going to go on this journey, and not just me, as in you wanting that, but wanting it for others as well. You know, this, this freedom purpose thing we're talking about isn't just for those who are part of the church, not just for those in these seats, not just for me. We want to see it in the communities around us. This could be interesting, couldn't it? We want to see it in the communities around us. We want to see it in your friends. We want to see it in your family. I want to say that again. Listen to this. I know that birds distract you. I want us to see this freedom and purpose not just in our lives, but in your friends, in your family, in your neighbours who don't yet know Jesus. For their best life is walking with Christ. Their best life is getting the freedom and the purpose that he wants in their lives. So we're going to sing. and we, Come on, Ben. Now come on down, Jesse. Bring the team. Can I say, Jess, today's worship is off the charts good. Like, so good. The band, thank you guys. So wonderful. We're going to sing the song, This Is A Move. And we're going to sing that intentionally because it's, it's, it's a song, but it's actually a prayer. And it's, and it's a prayer where we're saying, God, mountains are still being moved. God, you are still working. You are doing your thing. God, do it here in my life and do it in the lives of those that I care about and the loved ones in my world, the people that I know, people in my street, my neighbours, the mums at school, the people in the soccer clubs. Do it in their lives as well. Let's stand. Let's worship. And as we worship, it is a prayer. It is a cry to God for God to move. And after we sung it, we're going to pray. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. 